0: So welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Marie Cross, known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says it's not about change, it's about shifts. Smaller shifts together add up. Joining me on today's show is Carmeny Wood. Carmine is the founder and she's the CEO of Live Joy Your Way and the authentic me, rise up program she's an international best-selling author and she's driven to support both teens and adults struggling with perfectionism to let go of stress overwhelm and anxiety she is a certified life coach board certified by the american association of drugless practitioners and she's trained in conscious parenting and conscious uncoupling now carmini aims to meet her clients where they are supporting and guiding them on their journey back towards inner confidence energy and empowerment to be themselves both personally and professionally. Now on today's show you're going to discover how to let go of living to external validation and expectations, opens our world to happier relationships, more success in business and more personal energy and peace, the practice of self-compassion, why that's the key component to self-leadership, as well as finding joy in what we do on a daily basis and celebrating those small victories as well as the larger ones and that helps us move forward. Welcome to the show, harmony.
1: Thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm so
0: excited to be here with you. I always love to, to give an opportunity to our guests to share a little bit about their pathway into why they're so passionate about the topics that they're sharing. So would you share a snapshot overview of, of how you started Live Joy Your Way and of course the Authentic Me Rise Up program? Yes, I'd love to.
1: So I am uh, the daughter of immigrant parents. So I'm first generation American. Born and raised in Connecticut, very small town, uh, grew up with the name like Comedy. Mm -hmm. So not a common name. So it stuck out, uh, very early on. I took on this role of trying to fit in and trying to blend in. And also being a daughter of immigrants, you're always striving to be better than, right? Mm -hmm. You're trying, trying to get to the next level. And so, you know, as a child, I took on not just the people pleasing and the, sort of the role of making sure that those around me were happy with me, I also took on the role of high achiever, right? Mm. So just the constant next thing to the, you know, you accomplish one thing and instead of sitting there and actually enjoying it, you're like, okay, what's next? What's next? And so that stuck with me throughout adulthood. Um, but truthfully becoming a mom and watching my own children start to become people pleasers and also identify or or really truly live to what grades they're getting, Mm -hmm. or how many friends they have, or just all those external measurements, it was that catalyst for me Mm -hmm. to realize, oh my goodness, they were picking that up from how I was showing up. I was constantly getting validated from all the things, all the things that I was getting done and all the things, you know, that super woman Uh, persona that we take Mm. on so I went through my own self-transformation and and through that process I realized that there are more people like me and we don't have to give up our perfectionism or our people-pleasing we can still show up in the world with the heart that we have we just need to use it um, to our benefit and not necessarily make it shrink us Mm. and make it um, make us less than you know we can still show up we can still have our boundaries we can still communicate our needs it's not selfish it's perfectly fine for us to be who we are and to really embrace that uniqueness you know those unique names the unique look that we have the unique way we laugh but those things are actually the gift to this world yeah and so that sort of led me through my own transformation it led me down this path to really do this work i'm called from my heart space to do yeah this.
0: and what a lovely uh way to be able to now teach and empower your children To have that same approach as well. And as you've been sharing some of the things that you struggle with, I'm sure we can all resonate with that. And for some of us, it's the transformation hasn't come till way on in in adult years. And if only we had learned this earlier, which is wonderful that you're now on the show being able to share that. So what are some of the things that you've learned and insights that you can share with us today to help us let go of living to external validation and expectations? Because for those of us who really have recognized that we do live our lives that way, it can be hard to transform, can't it? Share some insights, if you would. Absolutely.
1: It's um, one of those, those transformations, and that's why I always say, and that's why I made the point of saying that it shifts and not change. Because when we try to approach it and say, oh, I just need to change that, it feels like you're trying to get to, to the top of the staircase. You know, it's one step at a time. That's how you climb the staircase. And, you know, when we've taken on thought patterns and belief patterns and they've stuck with us throughout our life, it's not just a simple wake up one day and we can just change that. So it's how do you start approaching things differently? And the very first thing is really getting in tune with what do I feel? And from that question, what do I need? Especially for those of us who are people pleasers who are always constantly taking on the responsibility Of other people's happiness, you know, those of us who avoid conflict because we don't want to rock that boat, you know, we don't want to make waves. So it's really coming back to our center and asking ourselves, okay, what do I feel in this moment? What emotions do I have? And then what do I need? And from that space, then seeking out, is this something that I can self soothe or do I need to actually go get the support from my trusted members, whether they be family members, friends? Coaches, therapists, whatever it may be, go seek out that support. And get vulnerable because within that vulnerability and when we start bringing those things out of the shadow and into the light, we can actually start dealing with them. Yeah. And that's when the shift really starts.
0: If you can recall, and I'm sure you can and, and feel free to share if you would, when you start to do that, did you find that it was almost like reconnecting with yourself? Because I know for me, I mean, I can definitely relate to that and not wanting to push the envelope and 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 just saying yes, 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 all, all the time. We almost forget who we were or who we are and what we actually ever wanted because we're so busy trying to do things for other people to make them happy. Did you find that asking, you know, what am I feeling and what do I need and allowed you to reintroduce yourself back to harmony? Because, you know, what are my wants? What are my needs? What do I need? Did you find that to be true?
1: Absolutely, 100%. And I will be so honest and frank that at first it felt selfish. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, I can't do this. I can't do this because this is, this is self-centered. And that's when you realize, okay, that's, that's the thought pattern. Yeah. The thought pattern is, oh, it's selfish to ask myself what it is I'm feeling before thinking about somebody else. And so learning that trigger and learning how to recognize that thought and then remind myself very consciously mm-hmm. through my own you know support system. Nope. You need to get in touch with what you need or what you're feeling and what you need. I mean, it gets, To the point where, I mean, and I think people can relate to this. I mean, when people would ask me, what do you want for dinner? It was like, oh, I don't know, whatever you want. You know, and it's like something as simple as that, that it's like, oh, I can actually say I would like sushi for dinner. (laughs) And it's okay. I mean, it's something as simple as that. And so even those small shifts, when we can start doing those things, those are the baby steps. Those are the shifts that start. Leading us down this path of overall, yeah, overall shifting and overall change.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we we have heard, and I'm sure you've heard, and maybe even shared when you're working with clients that uh, story or the analogy about you know if a plane is going down and the masks drop down, put your own mask on first because you're not going to be any use if you're not breathing, not able to breathe, and then support others. And so let's talk a little bit about this whole topic of selfishness because I think if We're not able to look at taking care of our own needs, whatever that might be, having a rest through the day, not saying yes all the time. It's not only we need it, we really need it for our health and for our well-being. So let's talk, what are some of the insights you learned as you were starting to recognize it's not selfish, it's actually, I need this for my own health and well-being so I can be better for others. Yes, absolutely. Um, that leads us into this concept of
1: self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Self-compassion, recognizing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are doing the best that we can, given the information we have at any given time, and recognizing that even if things don't go the way that we planned, or they, they didn't go right, shall we say, quote-unquote right, we can slow it down and take from that what we've learned so that we can apply that going forward. So instead of getting into judgment mode of the you should have done this or fix it mode of now I got to go fix this. And, you know, we're, when we get stuck in that inner critic um, portion of that, you know, people pleasing and perfectionism, mm-hmm. it's really applying this concept of you are doing the best you can with the information you have right now. Mm-hmm. And that's OK and you're going to show up tomorrow and you're going to take what you learned and you're going to apply it and you're going to keep moving forward. The second part of that self-compassion component is recognizing you're not alone. You know, we are we are part of common humanity. And so it is being okay with being vulnerable and saying, I need support right now and being okay, going to those trusted members. It doesn't mean that you go be vulnerable with the whole world and say, oh my gosh, like, you know, (laughs) woe is me, help me out, I can't do this. It's, Find that support system and Mm -hmm. just get vulnerable and say, I I need support. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm needing and recognize that you're not alone. There are other people who have experienced similar things, granted, Mm -hmm. not exactly the same because each of us experiences things in our own way because Mm -hmm. our own thoughts become our reality, but they've experienced similar things. So we can recognize that we're not going down this path alone. And then it's the practice of, as you mentioned, you know, really getting present, getting mindful you know, slowing it down. And for some people, yes, that might mean meditation. But for me, I'm not a great meditator. So for me, it's, it's a process of either doing a quick breathing technique of um, just being very conscious of my breathing for a few minutes, mm-hmm. or it's really just getting present with my five senses in a given moment. Yes. You know, just really zoning into what those five senses are, seeing, hearing, you know, feeling mm-hmm. what I'm smelling. Because that, when you're conscious of your what your five senses are doing, It slows down all the swirling, whirling monkey mind that's Mm -hmm. going on, and it allows you to be present, which allows you that peace for that little bit of time to do is exactly what you said, which is self-care, you know, filling your cup back up. Because if you don't fill your cup up, you can't absorb what other people might might need from you or just even to have a conversation of any value with somebody if you're coming from a place of emptiness
0: yeah so true i want to just dive in a little bit deeper into um, what you were saying about you wanted to be a, a role model for your children in the way that you were taking more self-care thinking of, of what you needed and being a role model in that instance and so that is fantastic that that happened and so for someone who might be listening today that may not have that just re-emphasize or, or even share what were some of the differences that you noticed through you modeling that to your children that they were able to bring that to their own lives and the reason I ask that is we don't realize that when we remain in our stuckness if you want to call call it that but we're not taking care of ourselves we're modeling that to others around us and those people we care about it might not necessarily be children but friends you know other Mm -hmm. family members but share a little bit about what was the impact on your children's life when you started to role model that to them
1: well so i I can talk to this about this in two separate instances with um my middle child so i'm actually mom to five so my (sighs) middle child is a girl she's 14 now But I have seen, I mean, she's in that prime spot, right, Mm -hmm. that middle school spot where all that stuff is happening. And over the course of my transformation and my ability to show up differently and model that for her, I have seen her handle the ups and downs of middle school with so much more groundedness Mm -hmm. in recognition of, you know, what what is somebody else's issue versus what is hers recognizing that she can stand in her own convictions in a very respectful way, but it's okay to put up those boundaries. And so we've actually managed our way through her middle school years, knock on wood here, mm-hmm. that with very little drama. Yeah. Um, and she has a great head on her shoulders. And then even with my oldest child, granted, she was older when I started going through my transformation, but she's now 18. Getting ready to go off to, well, she's not going off to school, as a matter of fact. She's getting ready to join a ballet company because she wants to be a professional ballerina, wow. which is not the linear path. You know, so normally the external social, you know, bias would say elementary, middle, high school, get into the best college you can, go study, get that degree, and go get a job. Mm. Well, she has followed her heart and she has heard all of the society, all of the extra family, you know, distant family messages of, are you sure you want to <laughs> do that? and she's able to zone into what she is being called to do Mm. and she's learned to say thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate it and I'm gonna go do what I'm called to do. And I don't think that that would have occurred if I had not started modeling for her that it's okay to set your boundaries and to set up your intentions for yourself. You know, we're in charge of our own happiness, Mm. nobody else's just as we're not in charge of somebody else's happiness. And we also get to define success for ourselves. Yes. It does not have to come from an external place.
0: It's so exciting to hear you give that feedback as to how that's impacted your children because I, my previous uh, career if you will was helping people in the career industry it was you know helping people go from jobs they hated to a career that they loved and they felt fulfilled and how many people were in jobs they hated because it was expected of them because their father or their mother and their mother's mother's mother's, mother's mother was a lawyer or whatever it is it was expected of them to the point where you know what and enough is enough and so isn't that wonderful that you've empowered uh, your children to be able to make those decisions and i think that's really what we're talking about you know looking at and and i'm um, just looking back at the introduction we said you know you're trained in conscious parenting and conscious uncoupling now i maybe this is, is is kind of my understanding of this it's because sometimes we bring with us what we learned and what we observed and heard from childhood so speak a little bit into how do we shift through that how do we turn that voice off
1: yeah, it's, you know, what it is, it, it goes back to what I say um, a lot to my clients, which is awareness is the doorway to change. And then it's up to you to decide to walk through that doorway. Yeah. And um, what it is with conscious parenting, it's recognizing, again, when we're projecting those old stories or old thought beliefs on our children, or when we're projecting our own ideas of what happiness is or our own ideas of what success is. So in terms of parenting, it's about recognizing that we are our you know the guides for our children but ultimately they will decide what makes them happy and where their success lies and the same thing with conscious uncoupling you know it's routed in getting to the core of those patterns and thought beliefs that were sourced in our upbringing mm-hmm. and they might have been covert they may have been overt you know either way And we bring them into our relationships and Mm. the same thing happens where we are just projecting those old patterns into these relationships. So until we can uncover those things and recognize where they're coming from, we cannot heal from them. And so then we keep we keep projecting them and we keep repeating those same patterns Mm. over and over again until we're ready to actually own
0: what's ours and then figure out how we want to move forward from there. Yeah, love that you shared that because how many times I'm sure you've heard clients say that to Why is it that I'm struggling with that again? I thought I dealt with that. But as you say, there is an area or a situation in your life that you need to heal from. And once you do, then you're able to take those steps to be able to to grow. And as you said, transform through that. Let's talk about something that I think is so very important and, and often as ambitious entrepreneurs taking time to you know, show gratitude uh, and finding joy can often be something that we have to force ourselves to do initially because we're off to the next project or next course mm-hmm. or next whatever it is. So let's talk about finding joy in what we do on a daily basis, celebrating the small victories as well as the larger ones.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um, part of the way that we make these shifts out of the old patterns is to start breaking them. And one of those is to slow down. And that's why I encourage every single person at the end of the day to have a list of three to five things that they're grateful for Mm -hmm. that occurred within that last 24-hour period. Three to five things that they actually forgive themselves for Mm -hmm. because it's this practice of not being judgmental. Just, I, you know, this didn't go that way I wanted it to, but it's okay and Mm -hmm. I forgive myself for that. And then those three to five things that we are, Those are our did wells. You know, what did we do well today? What can we celebrate ourselves for? Because it's not just about those big wins. You know, it's not just about that huge goal that we're trying to attain. It's about even the small shifts, the small victories, the small things that we're doing on a daily basis. And when we start getting into a practice of that, We're building those new neural pathways in our brain for our brain to be open, to recognize all the good that we are accomplishing Mm -hmm. so that we can get out of the shoulds and the ought tos and the judgment because now we're training our brain to even see the smallest little victory. And so if we can get into that practice on a daily basis, the other thing it does is it does allow us to bring joy and joy, happiness, laughter. It just raises the vibration level immediately. Mm-hmm. And so even like with this whole pandemic that's been going around um, that we've been dealing with, you know, finding ways to laugh, you know, little mm-hmm. silly things that we do on a daily basis, it, we're, we're laughing and that laughter immediately raises that vibration and can reduce those stress levels that we may feel that stress and overwhelm that we're that we're feeling, because if we don't do that and we stay in that state of um, like, fight or freeze, mm. you know, when we're really stressed out, yeah. eventually our body will suffer that trauma, right? Mm-hmm. We end up suffering trauma. So we have to give ourselves that time to, you know, allow for the, 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 the settling of that system. And that comes with gratitude and it comes with recognizing
0: the things that are that you are doing well and mm. that part of just general forgiveness itself. Yeah. (laughs) Something that we read in your introduction around perfectionism, I think when we are very much ambitious perfectionism, we set our goals so high that we would not expect others to be able to achieve it. So why do we put our bar up so high for ourselves? when we're starting to slow down a little bit and find that joy and on a daily basis and to be very mindful as you said of those things when it, you first started. and the reason I'm asking this is because often those of us who are driven we're quite impatient as well so speak yeah. a little bit into the process because I'm sure if you reflect back to when you first started to do this this practice to now it's far more embedded it's in your muscle it's something that you take the time to do because you know how important it is but back then tell us so that we can see this is a process too and we need to give ourselves space and grace to be able to to let that build so take us on that journey if you I will. love the fact that you just
1: said the word grace because that's exactly what I did I found and what I encourage people to do is find a power statement or a power word that when they feel triggered when they feel that anxiousness come back up like oh my gosh I've got to do the things I've got to do all the things and mm. it's got to happen immediately and like you know yesterday is to anchor into that power statement or that power word that that they can train their brain, okay, I've been triggered, I'm saying this, it'll slow me down, I'm okay, everything is okay, I'm going to just take the next best step forward. And my word was grace. That was my anchor word. And to this day, I still use it, especially with the pandemic and being homebound. There have been times where I don't know if I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing and managing the kids and their school and all the Mm -hmm. things that are happening. And then if I just anchor into that word grace, it reminds me doing the best i can. There's no perfect way to do this. Yeah. It's just one day at a time. It's one foot in front of the other. I'm continuing to show up. And so i really encourage people to find that power statement or that power word that they can anchor anchor yeah. themselves back into.
0: Can you give any insights into how you came up with your power word because i know as perfectionists we're probably thinking now i need to find that perfect word. What's that perfect <laughs> word?
1: <laughs> so mine actually came out of i just i kept saying to myself Gosh, Kamini, you just need to give yourself some grace and space, grace and space, grace and space. And then it just became grace because grace to me meant um, slow it down, forgiveness, Mm. and joy all in one. It was all-encompassing in one. So for me personally, that's the word that I came
0: up with. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that often the answer is right there in front of us, yet we're so busy rushing around, busying ourselves and being in the things that we don't recognize, (laughs) isn't it? isn't it? Yes, yes. And
1: that's the thing, right, is if we can become present and we can become mindful and get in touch with ourselves, like our body tells us a lot too, from just a somatic level, it holds a lot of information. So if we can just tune in and be like, okay, I'm feeling super anxious. And there it is in the pit of my stomach. What is that telling me? Oh, there it is. There's that fear. There's that anxiety. Oh, I'm living in the future again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's slow it down. Let's breathe through this. Let's get present. Let's figure out what is my next best step forward.
0: Yeah. What I love about everything, and let's just um, bring it all the way back around, because you said, you know, taking those steps, um, the small shifts together add up. And often I have found that as I have been transforming and growing in certain areas and getting strength in areas where perhaps before it may have been something that triggered me, it will probably, the, the thing that you often will struggle with or if there has been that transformation, things will happen that will almost, well, they, number one, can trigger. So for me, if I am triggered, then I go back and ask those beautiful questions. You know, what's going on here? What am I not getting? What do I need to remind myself of? Um, but why I'm asking this is through that process, you know, as we continue to, to grow, things will happen. People will say things. One of the greatest lessons that I learned is that I am able then to discern between what's mine, what do I need to take ownership, where do I need to grow, and what is theirs. And that, and you may not necessarily say this out loud, but reconfirm that's not my issue, that's obviously theirs, and I'm not Mm -hmm. going to take that on. What are some of the insights you want to share? Because as we're growing and transforming and implementing these beautiful insights you've shared, it will be a process of growth. And there has to be reminders there to be able to, so that we we don't go right back to where we first started. Yes? Yes, yes, yes.
1: Um, I actually love Byron Katie's way of handling this, which is ask yourself when you have those thoughts that are running through, is it true? Mm -hmm. And do I absolutely know it to be true? And then the third part of that is what you were saying, is this theirs or is it mine? Is that my business anyway?
0: Yeah. I
1: love it. When you ask yourself that question, <laughs> is that my business? It kind of does make you stop and you're like, oh, wait, I'm sort of sticking my nose in where it doesn't belong. Yeah. And it, and it sets you back to realize, okay, let me reconfigure here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and let me really pay attention to what's mine and let people manage what's theirs. And as, as people pleasers, we have taken on this responsibility yes, to Because we're the care first the to things jump for in, everybody. aren't we, to try and Absolutely. sort things out? Exactly. Let me fix it for you. And it's like, oh, wait, that's not my business. Let me just let me let me own. And actually, it's more selfish to try to do that because you have to allow those people to try Mm. to manage their own things. So if you can remember that, like if we really don't want to be selfish, allowing people to be responsible for their own happiness or be responsible for their things is actually a very genuinely unselfish
0: thing to it is do. <laughs> yeah well if we think about you know parents as us being role models for our children i mean we can jump in there and and sort everything out for our children and ha- help them to have a stress free life and never let them go through sadness or challenges I tell you what, though, if we're not helping them build that resilience muscle and the ability to, you know, as you said, with, with your daughters and not be impacted by other people's opinions and all of those external factors, they would not have come to a place where they could have made the decision to live you know, joy their way and the career choice and being able to navigate, you know, middle school with all the ups and downs that we know that, um, you know, youngsters go through. And so beautiful confirmation. To
1: to, to Mm. your point too, about trying to take care of everything for our children, you know, they need to learn how to process emotions. So Mm. if we're trying to make them never have those stressors or never feel the things, Mm. they'll get to adulthood and they're not going to know how to, how to actually process emotions. And emotions are meant their energy in motion and so we have to allow them to do their thing they teach us they tell us things and so if we really want our children to learn the best thing we can do is just love them Mm. as they're as they are experiencing the emotions that they have that are part of the human
0: Experience. Yeah. And one day they will thank you for it. They will. Won't <laughs> right. They, they will. <laughs> for some of, I mean, I've got a 29 year old. Just yesterday, she thanked me, you know, because she's going through stuff. And she said, if I had not had those foundations, I would have crumbled and now she's being a role model to others as she's mm-hmm. living that out. I love today's conversation, Kamani. It's just beautiful because I think, um, yes, yeah, as, as we said, what we're going through today around the world, but then life has its challenges, its ups and its downs, and I think these are such incredible principles to live our life with every single day. How can people find out more about you and, and, and the work that you do? So they can find me on
1: the internet. My website is com. That's K-A-M-I-N-I-W-O-O-D.com. And I'm also on Facebook. My business page is It's Authentic Me. And if they send me a message via Facebook or email me through my website, I will definitely
0: respond. Fabulous. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women's Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free speaker success plan at speakersuccessgift.com. This
1: podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts,
0: visit c-suiteradio.com.